So are we feeling are, are we feeling ready to go here? I'm feeling it. Uh, you're feeling it. Well, hold on just a second. Damn, I thought this was going to go a little quicker, but don't worry, don't worry, because we're always good to go. And now from beautiful Austin, adjacent Leander, Texas, the longest running, uh, the most prolific film and entertainment podcast in history. <laughs> he is Clarkson. I am Jim. We talk shit so you don't have to. We are the film thugs. Barbaric. And do not attempt this at home. We are trained professionals under the supervision of other trained professionals. And motherfuckers, we know what we're doing. Hear me. Yeah. We are coming up before too long on number 250. Good God. Episode 250. Which reminds me, United States of Geekdom just hit episode 100. Nice. But more important than that, congratulations yeah. to theater arts teacher Rick from yes. the United States well of done, Geekdom. Sir. He's Harumph. been trying. He's been getting discouraged. And I kept telling him, I'm like, dude, you're going, you're going for a, a, an elective. It's tough. You know, there's, you know, there, every school has 10 English teachers and right. one theater teacher. It's tough. Just keep fucking grinding it and something will happen. Bam, something happened. And he's, oh man, he's got that enthusiasm. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh shit, I'm going to do this. I might, maybe I'm even going to try to do a musical this year. Like, fucking go for it, dude. Yeah, man, do it. Uh, and of course, we've got some shock top pumpkin wheat. And because it's mm. a wheat, it's a yeasty, it's got that yeast residue, we are going to use our awesome mugs that we got from Retric for these. Let me, Lovely. They've been laying on their side, so the yeast is a little... Around, but we can lock the Parisian girl. Yes, yes. Oh, gross. Oh, so bow, 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 bow. what we've got here is the shock top seasonal pumpkin wheat. Uh, it is the season. My wife and I uh went past the beer aisle in the HEB, uh huh, not too long ago after we got down out of the car, uh huh, and uh, we saw to our left two brand new six packs of Wasatch pumpkin beer. And right you were next like, to Wasatch Black O'Lantern. Yeah, and you were like, it is on. It is on. All it right, has let's, been. See, let's see how this tastes. That's good. It's not bad. That's a, that's a, that's a solid bad. solid entrance. You're no Wasatch, but no. what is? Okay, well, Pumpkinator, but... Mm, oh, really? Still not. Pumpkinator's uh, awesome. But it's they've, they've done too much with that. Oh, but, it's so uh, hard to find. Right. The um, Wasatch Pumpkin Beer says pumpkin pie in a bottle. Like, hmm, I don't know about that. That's a pretty tall, oh my God, it is. Okay, well, I know what I'm buying next time I'm at the Hitchibi. It's good. Okay, th this right here, the reason I have a problem drinking a small amount of beer out of a large mug is I drink it so much faster because I'm like, well, wow. I'm halfway done with this. I just sort of need to swallow it because it's getting warm. No, no, it's not. It Speaking of swallow it because it's getting warm, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mm. I was flipping through Hulu the other night and I don't know if I talked about this, but I don't believe I did, stumbled across a show called Kitchen Confidential, <laughs> where a young Bradley Cooper yeah. played Jack Bourdain. Jack. Did you watch any of that when it was on? I watched the pilot. Okay. Uh, that's all we got through. It that's was- all Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's the Emerald sitcom. Uh-huh. It's gone there. Is it <laughs> It's one that I think nowadays could be done better because they do it like a single camera and it'd be a lot more clever and it'd work. Yeah. But for the time, <laughs> it was, well, and it's that, hey, we're the, the, we're like the rock star cook, the blah, blah, like, oh, oh calm down, it's dude. Really not, as he said in the fucking book, 
Yeah. They're more like pirates. Yeah. But actual pirates, uh-huh. not like cool Johnny Depp pirates. Right. Just right. angry, dirty, dirty, angry mm-hmm. people making your food. Yeah. And I mean, it, the, the interesting thing of him assembling the team where it's like the best. Xander, the best whatever guy right, in town. Right, whatever. And, which means that now... <laughs> the best whatever guy in yeah. town that I know. Yeah. Now you're bringing... Now Xander, who, for those who don't know, was your... I, I don't want to say least favorite character ever, but definitely your least favorite character from the Buffy oh, yeah. show. Uh, without a doubt. They have now given that character two jobs on screen. Construction and working in a kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they are just fucking... Yeah. It's like someone knows. It's like someone who's aware of you. Like, fuck this guy. Look who knows so much, motherfucker. (laughs) Yes. Um, You mean when he was walking around the hard hat and plans and pointing? Yeah. Doing like that uh, mm-hmm. trade trade school film yeah. thing. Yeah. You a career in construction where yeah. you hold plans and stare at the distance. I use shims. And, and point things. Yeah. I use shims to make the window fit. Of oh, course you do. Son of a bitch. Yeah. And you keep them there because that's what they do. You're a... King stud? What the fuck is that? <laughs> but yeah, that it was one that Hope and I both were just like, I don't, I don't really, this isn't, this no. isn't so... But because Glad I, everyone got a check, though. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Anthony got a little, a little something. And Bradley I, I, got probably nothing back in those days. Yeah, I played Bradley. <laughs> I played the Louis C.K. thing talking about inside the actor's studio. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it. No, no, you but, told me about it. Okay, it's yeah, Louis C.K. stories. You know, whenever somebody asks Sean Penn, how do you get? Okay, you're never going to make it. In fact, and then they cut to Bradley Cooper asking Sean Penn a question on inside the actor's studio. But then they, I was like, oh wait a minute, Bradley Cooper on inside. Click on it, and James Lipton starts out. People often ask me, who, how do I get my mustache this way? But who, then they ask me, who my dream guest would be. And my answer is always the same. When one of our students has reached a level that they can walk across this stage and take this seat, that is the guest I've always wanted. Martin Lawrence. Well, the wait is over. Ladies and gentlemen, the actor's studio, class of 1999. Bradley Cooper, and he comes out and they hug, and it's and but Bradley and I can I totally get where Cooper's coming from because he's like, oh, this is gonna be easy, Jim. He's like on the verge. His parents are in the front row, and he's like on the edge of tears. Like, holy shit, I'm sitting. I am now on this side of the stage, and what I love is that goes to that point of success in that industry is so difficult and not necessarily about talent. Wouldn't it be great if he just looked right in the camera Mm -hmm. for a full? Five beats. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, Sean Penn. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Interesting thing I found out. There is a documentary called uh, Hurricane of Fun on Netflix that is about the making of Wet Hot American Summer. Cooper's first film role. He didn't go to his graduation from the actor studio because that was the day they were filming his love scene with Michael Ian Black. I understand like, hey, that. Yeah, what I got to do? What I got to do? Who needs to film it? You know what I'm saying, Michael? Yeah. Wink. Wink. But the thing is with that, it's because there are, and I bet Cooper himself would say, yeah, I wasn't even the biggest, I wasn't even the most talented guy in my class. No, Ever, of course not. Because it is so down to getting the right part, getting the right everything, shit falling in the right space at the right time. Exactly. The most talented actor at the Southwest at the time that I was there, Sam Mercer. Mm-hmm. No question. I Everyone that Sam. I know yeah. would agree. Yeah. Probably not the best at Halloween costumes. Uh-huh. 
but that aside, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I mean, amazing. Everything mm-hmm. you do, you're like, I thought I was pretty good in my yeah. little podunk two A school. Yeah, nah, nah. no, he, he nah. had the he brought the power. Anyone out there heard of Sam? Not trying nope. to be a bitch yeah. about Sam Mercer. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, and I was looking. Edie Falco. It's on. Um, not Edie Falco. Uh. Fuck's your name? Sorry. Um. Er. I can't remember your last name, Edie. I'm sorry. I just saw you on a TV show. What's she on? Fuck. <laughs> Blackish. Oh. Yes. Really? Yeah. Well, she was on some random episode that I saw. Fuck is her last name? You know what blows my mind? The, the, anyway. wi- the wife from Blackish? Sorry. Tracy Ellis Ross. Mm. Diana Ross's daughter. No shit. And now that I hear it, like, it's one of those Makes where sense. I didn't see it. Then I see her like, oh, oh yeah. yes, you absolutely, yes, 100% shit. you are. Can't um, but I looked at it. Klein High School out of Houston. Uh, Sherry Stringfield from ER. Matt Bomer from uh, White Collar. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Pace from fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, and Ben Rappaport from uh, Outsourced. And now he's on Mr. Robot. All of them went there. Like it, there are weird things that you will find where a school is just like churning people. Like, my high school, no actors really, mm. but two people in the NFL. Right. Out of the same fucking class on the same team, like Jesus Christ, yeah, how weird. weird is that? But uh, yeah, so we talked about this a little, a little bit earlier. But last night on uh, John Oliver's last week tonight, or last week tonight with John Oliver, they talked about churches and tax exempt shit, and, all, and from what he was saying on it and what they're doing, what they're doing with it, we technically could probably get away with declaring the show. And getting tax-free religious status with the Film Thug show. I love it. We technically could. All we have to do is find out how to incorporate as a church in Texas, which is evidently not difficult because John Oliver was able to do it and he's never been to Texas. Right. So we can do that. And then it's ticking all of the boxes with the IRS and they're so easy. So, you know, one of them is we meet we, we meet regularly mm-hmm. and we have a time where people are able to reflect on things. Everything that we do is asking you, think about that. Anytime you say, think about that. Think about that. No, I have to say it all the time. Uh-huh. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking we might have to uh, say fuck it and see what we can do with that. Because why we should. the hell not? Yes. It, was, it was fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. Uh, but yeah, man, this week I have done nothing. Like my, This <laughs> summer... You remember a couple of years back when I was all going to the gym and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I've gotten just not fat, but I've maintained my sort of doughy demeanor over the summer. Did a little working out, but now I'm going to, going back to work, I'm going to get into eating right and get my shit back in shape. But I remember that 100 days going to the gym in a row where I was right, just on. Right. This summer, I fucking nothing. I did not do It's hard to do when you're anything. just at home doing nothing. Yeah. It's like, pff, I got no reason to do anything. I, the gym is not that far, but it's far enough away that I'm like, ugh. If I didn't do what I, if I didn't have the job I have, uh-huh. get up four thirty and go work out before six thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do right. Just stay in bed, get up, and be like, mm. yeah. See, huh. my my shit's rough because like to get to work most days, I have to be on the train by a certain time. Right. So and and that makes it really really tight because you know I would work out some in the morning, but I don't have I don't have five minutes to spare when I'm doing right. shit because. But I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing it in the evenings, just easy shit. That's why if I moved. You can. That's the I would if I yeah. could. I just can't do it. Right. I get home. It's like nope, nope. See, that's why happening. that's why I moved all my shit into the living room, so that I'm able to just do stuff right there. I've got the room for it, so I might as well. But yeah, I've been playing so much Grand Theft Auto. 
I'm level 173 and you stop getting stuff at level 120. Oh. I'm kind of, I've gotten to be kind of good at it. So, but it's fucking fun. It's distracting. I've got a group of Polish guys that I play with. Nice. They love me. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Okay, sure. We Why not? people to the Jimmy <laughs> and then we do it for real. <laughs> That's my Polish. What do and you think? I'm, it's pretty good. I am nowhere near what these guys like. I'm playing with guys who are level like 430. What the fuck? I don't yeah. know what it means. I don't either. That's that's beyond my comprehension. I really don't know what any of it means. Yeah. But, you know. It's just fun. You know, we do heists. Part of the, what makes it fun now is that you can do heists. One of them is a fucking bank robbery. That's fun. You plan all the shit, and then you end with a fucking bank robbery. And how you get away? You ride a motorcycle off a cliff, pull your parachute... And parachute down to a boat that's waiting for you nice. and take off. And you just made for the problem is every week this summer, they've doubled the money and the uh, experience for every heist that you do. So for that heist, you're making between half million and a million dollars. So it's like, f yes, yes, I'll do it. Fuck. Okay, I'll do it. So I've got, you know, like $2 million cars. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Nice. nice. That is Jim's vacation wasted. Sounds Ugh. good to me. You could do more with your time. I could. You could run for president. I could. You know what else could? Mm. You know, who knows with this email, quote, unquote, scandal right. with Hillary Clinton. Uh, that's not going to do anything. No, it's not. For people out there that hope it may or yeah. hope it does not or mm -hmm. whatever. But what it, but if there's enough neg negative shit that comes down, and I was very excited about the Hillary campaign, right. as you may remember. Oh, yes. There, oh, yes. In, in the church uh -huh. of thuggery. Mm -hmm. um, but if McGowl Hillary can't get in there, I, I have more laughs. Oh, yeah. And that would be Elizabeth Warren. Oh, slide in there, Liz. Come on. Come on. Americans want our next president to be a woman. And the songwriting. Hey, babe, here's looking at you, Senator Elizabeth Warren. The planet is warming and the power is shifting. We need a leader who won't stand for all the Wall Street bullshit. The lobby is grifting. You gotta run for the office and get the job done. Run, 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 Liz, run. We need a president. We need President Warren. A president. We need President Warren. Oh, yeah. You shoot straight and tell the truth that we've been really? chipped, squeezed, and hammered. Here it is. People think that the system is rigged because it is. And it's time that we stand up. Fuck rhyming. The conflict we've known yeah. has been cheated and broken. We need a leader who won't stand for all the corporate bullies, political ponies. Now. Run, 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 Liz, run. You gotta run for the office and get the job done. Uh. Run, run. So you're rich, that's fantastic, and God bless. But there's just a couple of things Liz Warren won't let you forget. Nobody got rich on their own, not nobody. No, no one ever. Everybody needs bridges and streets to succeed. Oh, run, 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 Liz, run. You gotta run for the office and get the job done. 
I'll take that too. Isn't she the one who lied about being Native American? What? No. What are you talking no, about? What on earth? She is 117th Cherokee. Or whatever. Well, because your her grandmother said that they used, that her her father had high cheekbones. Right, high cheekbones. So that right. means... Uh, yeah. And again, I go back to... You re- you really think she's going to take all that money out and oh, suddenly being yeah, rich isn't yes, going to matter? Yeah, she Absolutely. She went- mm-hmm. Yeah. Sanders Warren. Yeah. Maybe she can be the Veep on oh. the Sanders ticket. God damn. As I walk the streets... Oh, Anytime exactly. someone uses the word streets and people are dying in the streets out there. I still remember when I, I expressed a little concern about gee, the the you know the healthcare bill. I'm not hundred percent Yeah, I bet your attitude'd be different if you were dying in the street from cancer. I just what want clarity, fuck? motherfucker. Clarity. I want clarity. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look, we have to pass it. Yeah. And then we'll find out what's in it. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, dude. If George Bush had said that, yeah, you I would have been the first yeah, to go. I would have um, been all over it. Like, uh, what did you say, crazy? Because you and paperwork? Uh-huh. Mm, not, not so great. So good. Yeah. Sketchy history with mm-hmm. that. I need a little more. Yeah, a little more anything, Meat on the yeah. bone. Uh-huh. They, yeah. I've been saying here recently with the Donald. Yes. Fucking maniac. It's, uh. oh, our political, st- everything is such a fucking laugh riot now. If it wasn't so <laughs> terrifying, terrifying, scary, yeah. it would be the funniest thing ever. It's, it's still pretty funny. Oh God, yes, it is. It is a good chuckle. Oh my God, make no doubt about that. Yeah, this is where we live, baby. This is what we were with. So yes, go out and vote for the next rich elitist that you're going to somehow try and justify is not. A rich elitist. Right. And I'm sorry. The fact that Hillary Clinton can sit there and say, oh, look, we, we were broke. We couldn't make it. F- shut the fuck up. <laughs> didn't have two red cents to rub together. Yeah. Because, well, because we didn't bother getting coin change. We, <laughs> when you're when you're stoking a fire with $100 bills, you don't really have time <laughs> to mess around with coins. Yeah, these big cigars. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It's so stupid. Oh, so fucking stupid. Mm. Yeah, and the whole Trump thing, god damn. It is hilarious. And when people are like, oh yeah, you know, there's something wrong with that part. Please. He's not <laughs> at this point in the game, he's just out there getting more attention. Hey, man, he knows what's up. Exactly. He's oh, a reality exactly, TV yeah. star, mm-hmm. producer, yeah. and fucking freak show. He is gonna build it, himself up to so much publicity and then look at NBC and be like, are you sure you don't want to run our shows yeah. anymore? Is this what you don't want to do? Are you sure about that? Find some network that'll take him for a bigger contract. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> stranger things have happened. Yeah. They really have. <sighs> uh, so. Not that I need some fucking goober like, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh, I know. The rest of them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But hey, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll all work out. Uh huh. And I can finally what, what I'm... have my girl. I don't feel what? no ways tired. Uh, That's what I'm looking I for. I'm too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. That's right. That's that's right. That's what what I love about anytime Hillary starts campaigning is those accents start coming out. It's great. 
It's fantastic. (laughs) It's like when Tila Tequila came out as I have multiple personalities. Here's a video on my multiple personalities. Yo, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from this area. Oh, it was fucking great. They were playing it on Stern once. It was fantastic. It was like, it it really is bad scene work. It's, hi, Mr. Kubrick. (laughs) Stanley. Stanley. Thousands of thousands of science fiction fans are crying out for you to direct 2010. Uh, Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it is such a shit show. I'm so looking forward to voting for not one of the names that people know. No. no. Voting for a name most people don't even know is on the ballot. Nope. I always write in the same every time. Crom. Crom? I thought you voted Cobra Commander. No, that's the second one. Okay. That's only the midterms. All right. Okay. Okay. Crom. Uh... If enough people, how old do you have to be to be president? Is it 35. 35. Okay. If enough people out there, and this is where the groundswell of the thugs movement's coming in, mm-hmm. right in the Campbell Dirks, Dirks Campbell <laughs> ticket, <laughs> where shit. we are both president and vice president at the same time, right. I'll yield. You'll be president. I, I want to be vice president. It's fine. Just because that Just is travel. the fucking least useful job in the world. Yeah. Like, get, get your traveling done. Oh, hell what I'm yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to wear that fucking nuclear key around my neck like Flavor Flav's clock. <laughs> I'm taking this shit off right now. Yep. Boop. I'm going to straight out of my meme. <laughs> Can we fucking stop that, by the way? Yeah. Straight out. Straight out. It wasn't funny. It was never funny. Never funny. It was never, never funny. Ever, like, from the first funny. one I saw, I was like, oh. Except one. Which that one? had Jerry Only from the Misfits, and it said straight out ideas. Okay, that's, that that's not a, bad. That, not even funny. Yeah. That's like, huh. Straight out of Hogwarts. Straight out of Yeah, not they're not they're not clever than though from what I understand the movie's really fucking good. Well that's good. Yeah. Although there were apparently some things they had to brush over, uh, like misogyny and the lyrical content of every song other than straight out of Compton and Fuck it? the Police. Well, yeah. yeah. Compromise. Anything involving women. <laughs> I'm still looking forward to it. And it's one of those where Again, now that I am educated from watching, you know, online shit and seeing the news, like, wow, all those years that I was the, I realized Easy was mocking me. Oh, they're resisting. Like, yes, that's who I was. Now I'm like, I am so sorry. I am so fucking sorry. <laughs> no, you weren't resisting arrest. Somebody was in a mood. Well, barbaric. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it at some point, so. Good times. Good times. Great oldies and troubled youths. Yes. Troubled youths. We are today, Criterion Collection, spine number five, Francois Truffaut's The 400 Blows. This is kind of what I really like about doing this experiment is I've got movies that are in this collection kind of because it's like, I just, I'd like to have this. I'd like to own a And I like these things that are sort of forcing us out of what we normally would talk about. Certainly. uh, for some, for, for for definitely this one. Yeah. Definitely. And when we hit the whole string, because we've got the other three in this this saga. Right. That'll be hitting before too long. We're going to have some comfortable things, but we're also going to have some stuff that's like, wow, that's really different. I'm not terribly looking forward to La Reine, because that's that French movie, that black and white French movie with Vincent Cassell that we watched. I didn't terribly enjoy it, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes this time. Gotcha. But the 400 Blows... Um, also known as, as you said, a kid without a map. Right. And not just a kid without a map, but a kid who every... In every sense of the word. Yeah. every he's a fucking kid. He's a kid, yeah. A kid who was failed by every adult in his life. Yeah. yeah. Let's start off with Sourpuss 
The asshole teacher. Yes, the French equivalent of uh, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, this... Uh, I will never understand a teacher like this. See, here's... I've got a story that actually ties into this. Many, many years ago... But, oh God, it would have been seven or eight years ago. I had a, a, a student in my class, this freshman kid, that I just started talking to the first, sec- first couple of days of class. I just started talking to him about some things. And I like showed some interest in what he was doing. Near the end of the year, we had this thing at Cracker called the Cougar Gold, mm-hmm. where it's like you choose one kid from your class who's been your standout. They're your, they're your MVP for all that. And I give it to this kid. The day I turn that paperwork in, I get called to a meeting to see about kicking him out of school. Because he got into it with some with a with with somebody from the office, okay. and it's one of those that when I looked at it, it was like, oh, so the guy from the office, the, the adult was being an asshole, and this kid reacts confrontationally when you deal with, when you come at him like an asshole. Imagine that, like you're going down, like I need to get my iPod out. Of, no, you ain't getting anything. You're like, no. Oh, gee, wonder how he. Re-. And I'm sitting there. We go through. Everyone's like, he has a problem with this in class. He has a problem doing this. He's, they get to me. I'm like, um, he's the best student I have this year. Uh, he has sat there. The bell rings to end my class and goes into lunch. And I've had to tell him, no, go get your lunch. You're good right now. You don't have to keep working on what you're working on. He's like, no, I just want to get it right. Because he and I, I somehow connected. And had I been like this guy or like a lot of other teachers are and just bristled up like, fuck that. You, you don't question me. It's the authoritative cop who, you know, on everything is, oh, no, 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 you're getting out of the car. You're doing what I, like, okay, yeah, wow, big surprise. You come in yoked, amped up, and ready to throw a punch, and the other person reacts to you like you're amped, yoked up, and ready to throw a fucking punch. It's weird how that works, but it do work. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it was with this kid. Even down, the, the part that crushed me with him. Was he read that Balzac piece? Yeah, loves it, and he's like, "I'm gonna do good. I'm gonna go into work." And he sat down and he wrote, and he's a fucking kid, so yeah. he borrowed heavily from it. Grown fucking people, yeah, when they start writing anything and mm-hmm. tend to imitate whomever they like. Yeah, and many times I wrote some non-Euclidean X Y Z because I read too much fucking Lovecraft when yeah. I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. A lot of adults do that. Just happens. A but lot of kids, them. kids, of course, and they don't know better. See, I've had cases where kids copy paste stuff and turn in full stories they copy paste. Yeah, that's this fun. kid hand wrote right. without copying, and instead of yeah, instead of recognizing that spark of oh, uh-huh. you know, there's something there. Yeah, he's like oh, Don. He's called out Danielle. You prick. Yeah, yeah. You are you are first today only because I'm going from the worst to the best, and the kid's like, yeah. And then just tore into him, like, oh, evidently you think this and that. And the kid's sitting there like, but I, what did I do? What the fuck? I tried. I I tried. And that's why as a teacher, I'm never publicly post grades in any way. Yeah. Ever. Grades are fucking private. Don't ever announce to class. I'm giving you an F because you did this and this and this. That's a good way to be an asshole and start a fight with a kid for no reason. (laughs) Yeah. So. He does that, and then this kid, his, you know, his life at home. He knows his mom is cheating on his dad. Yeah, his parents do not get along. His life kind of sucks. I mean, no, it's it, it's objectively it, yeah. pretty bad. He wears if you look at it, he wears the exact same clothes the entire movie. He's got the one. Yeah. Um. His his mom, when he's sitting there talking to her in the in, late in the movie, you see him looking at her hat. Yeah. It's like that's a new hat. Yeah. Fuck. That's 
Yeah. Oh, that that's how this is. Okay. And it's in the early parts of this movie before we even meet the dad mm-hmm. who he has at the beginning at least a, a nice relationship, relationship, a nice with, relationship yeah. with yeah it's just like the ki- kids and children in general at least at least from this kid's perspective are just burdens to be moved about yes yeah and or it's, dealt with or something to go through mm-hmm. and this is one of those where it's like that might not be what their attitude is no but when that's when a kid is walking away with that, that's how they must feel about me. Guess right. what? That It doesn't matter if your attitude toward the child is this kid is a terrible burden that I don't want to deal with. The kid's walking away from you thinking, I'm a fucking burden. Yeah, and your you. life is hell. Not hell, but I mean, you're, but you're struggling. Uh-huh. But there, you are putting food on the table. You yeah. are working or whatever. Yeah. Um, if you explain to that child that you're going through some sort of struggle, yeah, and they, yeah. you know it's hard, and here you wear the same clothes every day, and here's mm. why. Yeah, Dad has the same pair of socks that he says the yeah. fabric's running out around these holes. Yes, so yeah. everybody is pretty broke. Mm-hmm. But we're except tra- Mama, except Mama. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where it's like. But you need to understand, we're doing our best for you because we love you. Yeah, just and this is through this. This will pass. We'll yeah. all get through this together. Anything. Right. Anything to give yeah. this kid some sort of hope. The only point that, that, that mom connected with this kid at all was when he caught her cheating on her, on, yeah. on, on dad, and then was nice to him that night yeah, at home. It's all pretty quo pro, uh, pro at that yeah, point. That's yeah. bullshit. And it's, it's one of those where I never realized, because I never questioned, you know, I, I had that background where it's like, I know everything's okay at home. I know they love me. I know they my I was ADHD in the fucking late 70s. My mom busted her ass right. for me. So I knew without question, okay, yeah, there's a support here. Yeah. What do we have to do to make sure he's okay? This kid doesn't have that at no. all. And then he goes to school and he gets shit on more. And then there's that prick kid who he skips school one day. He he gets in trouble, so he has to do extra homework. So he skips school the next day. As the day after that, he's getting ready to go to school. This one prick kid in his class sees him leave, saw him skip school, saw him leave, goes right to his front door, knocks on, oh, hi, Mr. Duaniel. I just wanted to see if Anton was okay because he wasn't in school yesterday. It's like, you fucking prick. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, that just... It'd be one thing if earlier in the film you had seen Antoine like, you know... Kick the kid. Yeah, fuck the kid over or something. Make fun of him. No, no. Uh-uh. Randomly, from what no. I can tell, that's the mm-hmm. first time I've seen this. So well, no, because because the kid that he was the kid who snitched on him with the calendar, and then later he's like we know it was you. Yeah, he's a prick kid. Yeah, and that's why the entire class when he's up talking, they steal his right. go- his smash his goggles. They smash his goggles and dump ink on him, and he just looks down like, oh shit, like yeah, dude. Yeah, you're a prick. You've put yourself in a position where nobody likes you. Yes, I'm gonna ruin shit for everyone. And then what sucks is, so that... You're like the guy that wrote that article about the POWMIA flag. Yeah, it's racist. That I wrote the kid, the, uh, um, uh, what I remember I said. Some pain in the ass kid who sits in the back and raises his hand and says, well, actually, uh-huh. about something that has no consequence all the time growing up in school. What, what? What it sort of it remi- translates to pretty much pe- everyone at salon.com. Well, oh. actually. Actually, I need to find, because there is a, uh, um, hold on a second. This, the, the kid, there's an Onion article that sums this up perfectly. Hold on a second. Is I'm it gonna- called Well Actually? <laughs> well, actually. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean see. out there. 
Let's see. It is. Uh, oh, go, you motherfucker. Guy. <laughs> the article is titled Guy in Philosophy Class Needs to Shut the Fuck Up. <laughs> According to students enroll in Professor Michael Rosenthal's psychology, uh, f- uh, philosophy 101 class at Dartmouth, Co- Dartmouth College, that guy Darren Flowen, the one who sits at the back of the class and acts like he's Aristotle, seriously needs to shut the fuck up. His fellow students describe Flowen's frequent comments as eager, interesting, and incredibly annoying. He thinks he knows about philosophy, but I hate his voice, and I hate the way he only half raises his hands like he's so laid back. We're discussing ethics in a couple of weeks, and I don't know if I can wait <laughs> that long to decide if it's morally wrong to pound his face in. Today, he was going on and on about how Plato's cave shadows themselves Ugh. represent the ideal foundation of Western philosophical thought. I have no idea what Plato's ideal reality is, but I bet it doesn't include know-it-all little shits. If he <laughs> uses the word dialectical one more time, I'm going to shove my copy of The Republic down his throat. Although he demonstrated a familiarity with Peter Singer's view on famine relief during a discussion of John Locke's theory of property, Flown is reportedly unfamiliar with the theory of cramming it for a change and giving someone else a chance to speak. Just last week, Professor Rosenthal was talking about Russell's paradox, and that jackass starts going off, but what about Heraclitus' aphorism? Uh, Heraclitus' aphorism. Everything flows, nothing stands still. At first I was like, that's totally irrelevant. But then I was like, well, actually, does it apply to the nonstop flapping of your trap? Among the 40 students who regularly attend Philosophy 101, the one who has endured the most suffering is freshman William Deeks. Some people know Darren as that guy in philosophy class who needs to shut the hell up. However, I, however, also know him as that douche in African history who seriously needs to chill and the a-hole in environmental science who could really use a girlfriend. (laughs) I enrolled in this course because I was fascinated with the question of God. After spending six hours a week in the same room with this unbearable windbag, I think I have my answer. Life is as long as it is cruel. (laughs) The outspoken student has not gone unnoticed by the professor. Mr. Flown is a valuable contributor to our in-class discussion. His tendency to question and challenge everything before him captures the very essence of philosophy. Having said that, I do wish he would occasionally do me the valued service of shutting his damn cake hole. Yes. It's the guy who, uh, I remember a dude I knew back in college who was taking a math class, and he said, yeah, there's this freshman who keeps arguing with the professor about shit to the point that the professor said, I've written three books about this. You are wrong. (laughs) And he still wouldn't shut the fuck up. It's... Uh. Again, it's that guy who has to be right and has to let you know that he's right. Like that, uh, that article you posted today. Uh, see, it's really white oh, extremists yes. that are. See, we found a way to come up with the, the def- we defined every aspect of this and found our idea was correct. Yeah, and that's what th- that's what that little shit is. It, and then the guy is like, "How come nobody likes me? I simply prefer form a value." No, you don't. No, no, no. You're, no. you're an no. insufferable little prick. Well, this makes sense to this. It's just, re- look. Yeah. You're on the spectrum. Right, right. And life isn't an equation. Exactly. Some people have contradictory ideas held in their head all day. Yeah. They're called people. What's that? Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. the one. Human beings. Aren't they called humans? We do it all yeah. the time. We yeah. do it all the time. It's mm-hmm. okay. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and it's that person who, like, the one thing I've always said as a teacher, there was a, a student I had a couple years back who was a total asshole. Right. I couldn't fucking stand this kid. And uh, the co- a coach who had him, he's like, just tell him, you know, go into, you have a hard time with him, walk up to him at the beginning of class, say, hi, how are you? And shake his hand. Just do that. And the kid did that. He walked up to me. I didn't know he was going to do it. Shook my hand. It was like, all right. Throw him, but 
I was receptive. I was, and he goes, yeah, he's this and that. But I go, look, dude, I see this kid 90 minutes every other day. I see him three out of every 48 hours during the week. I'm not even going to pretend that I know what's going on in his life. I'm not even going to pretend that I understand his reality, but I'm also not going to pretend that I'm the one who's going to have the biggest influence on his life. I can try and I can try and help, but he's got way other shit affecting him. And that's how it is with, with Antoine. It's this idea that these are these hermetically sealed little things that you only see. No, this kid has a life outside of that. And unless you're able to step outside of yourself, Enough to realize that they have a life that is profoundly different than yours. Yeah. And a life that you will probably never be able to understand. And I bet if that professor, if that asshole teacher saw what Antoine did when he was done for the day, he comes home, he sits down to try and do his homework, but then mom comes home and he's got to go buy flour. Then he comes home to try and do it. No, it's not time for him to eat dinner. Now it's time for you to go to bed. Do your chores and go to bed. Yeah, do your chores, then go to bed. And when you realize going to bed is sleeping in the small space next to the kitchen. Right. Right in front of the door. It's it's comically but poignantly done by the Simpsons when you see Nelson's house. Yeah. Nelson's life. Uh-huh. They don't make a big deal of it no, uh-uh. necessarily, but enough for the older people in the room to go, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the fact that Nelson dresses like Barney. Right. Oh, you get that. Yeah. Gee, wonder where this is leading. Right. But it's it's a real eye-opener when you start thinking of it in those terms. And it it is, you know, when when I I realized it very profoundly my first year because I used to have kids write shit about their lives and stunned. Oh, they didn't remember. The day my dad died. The day this, like, okay, yeah, I can't. The fuck am I going to tell... What it reminds me of uh, in a lot is from About a Boy when Marcus starts going off on stuff and Will just goes, bloody hell, mate. And he doesn't say anything <laughs> else other than just fuck. And Marcus, for the first time, is like, this is somebody who doesn't get me but gets it. Right. You know, he's not trying to fix it. He's not trying. He's just saying, fucking hell, man. And that's where that's a lot of times where the best understanding comes. It's like, no, I can't. I can't understand where you're coming from, and I'm not going to try. No. And I was like talking about, when I was talking about guns with somebody in England once. Right. And she was like, well, I had a friend who was killed in a school shooting, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I- I'm sorry. I- this is going to sound weird, but I-, I think it's almost inappropriate for me to have this conversation with you. She goes, why do you, what? And I go, I- I'm talking about an abstract point. You're talking about something personal. And I... I'm not on the same page with you and it's insulting for me to approach this. And she was genuinely floored. I was like, there's nothing at all that I can say that will take any of that fucking gutted out of you. And all I can do is sound like I'm hitting her sitting here saying you're wrong for feeling this way and you're not. And I'm not going to do that. Fucking hell mate. Right. Yeah. That's it. And sometimes that's, that's the better part of valor, you know, shit. And this professor, no, th- this teacher knows where he fucking works. He yeah. knows the neighborhood around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some kid with, with money. But when you see the kid in the fucking torn sweater and the pants that are way too big for him. Right. Every day in that outfit, you maybe need to step back and say, perhaps this kid's life is tough enough without me making it harder on him. Maybe. Maybe. Just by chance. And then you get to the parents, and the first time they try... Here's what kills me about this. 
is you have the greatest day ever. He he reads Balzac and then idiot lights a candle in a, in a fucking box. box with a cloth right in front of it. Two balls, which first off, think about how fucking profound that impact has to be on that kid. Well, it's it's a child's reaction to something like that. When you mm-hmm. when you fall in love with whatever literature yeah. for the first time, uh-huh. something like that, it's a big deal. You yeah. tend to uh, fetishize it. Yeah, yeah. You and deify it. Yeah, you, yeah. you exalt like, it's like, it. It's like early humans. Yeah. Because they are early fucking humans. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I saw an antelope. I'm painting on my cave wall. Yeah. And or notebook and or book cover. Mm-hmm. Kids do that now, yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> I discovered, fuck, I discovered whatever. The Clash, and I'm the first person who's ever heard of this band. Yeah, this oh is my, my God. band. It's my thing. And yeah. you tend to make out, you know, in, in one shape or another, yeah. your own little shrine to them. Well, and it's so weird when you find things like, I have kids who go, oh, yeah. Yeah, Blue October, this and that. I was like, and I just sit there and go, I saw Blue October play in a club about the size of this room once for free. Right. And they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I did. And th- because they don't understand it was there before. Yeah, and part of your job is then to share stuff. And if that teacher, you know, hey, I understand. But oh, it, so, you copied this. Okay. Let's come here. Let All me, right. Let me show you something I else. I need to talk you, to you after class. Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk after class. So you really you really liked that, huh? All right. Have well, you, here's what you do. Don't copy it. Yeah, word d- for don't word. copy it word for word. Take the ideas and while you're at it, here, I'll let you borrow this. this. Right. Read right. this now. But if, so, if it's like I'd run up to my dad uh-huh. finding those little blue books of Shakespeare, uh-huh. not being able to really understand what I'm reading. Uh-huh. These collections of little bitty blue Shakespeare books mm-hmm. of each play. Yeah. And said, "Hey dad, what does this mean? And I remember him asking him about something in, I don't even know what play it was. Right. I didn't understand the old English. Well, neither did he. Right. Uh huh. I mean, he was reading cowboy books, for God's yeah. sakes, and history. Mm hmm. And uh, I'm like, well, let's find out. Yeah. Together. Yes. Rather than Shakespeare. What are you, uh, some kind of fag? Right. You know, no, I didn't have that reaction from uh-huh. my dad. He, oh. he nurtured that. Yeah. When Mark I- Twain? Oh, let's. You need to read this. Uh-huh. I think you'll like this other thing from Mark Twain. Uh-huh. And I found I, Letters from Earth, and he was right. I have kids come in and say, oh, I really like this movie. Oh, you like that? Have you ever heard of this? No, I haven't. Check this out yes. on this. Check this and this out. And they check it out. I like, don't know how an adult can't do that just with... I, I can't do not do that with another adult just in random conversation. Yeah, yeah. I really like this band. Have you heard this? Mm-hmm. I really like this author. Really, yeah. you should try this guy. And, and, and I love it when people do that in response. Oh, you like that? Have you ever oh, checked yes. this out? Shit, yeah. Okay, I will. That's great. That's I very great. much will. And especially with kids. But for a oh kid, my God, that yeah. they just their eyes light up and uh-huh. they're so open. Because they are a fucking hard drive that you can download oh. all kinds. You upload shit into like crazy. Prick teacher. Yeah. Then, okay, so the fire starts, and his mom's reaction, his dad's pissed off and going off, and the mom's like, you know what? Let's go to a movie. Yeah. And they have the best night out. And here's the thing. I argue almost that that was better for him than any punishment could have conceivably be, Ben, because he's suddenly out as a kid. This is the only time in that movie where you're genuinely seeing him as a kid. And the family union is together and stable. Yeah, they're together, they're stable, they're having a good time there is none of that. He lies through his teeth. He's an asshole. But, right. And it, you know, they don't understand. It's weird. I, I remember when I was a kid 
and something would happen, and I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd break something by accident or mess something up. I remember how much it felt like getting punched in the face when my dad would say, "Yeah, you're an accident waiting to happen." Ugh. Like, I'm, I made a fucking mistake. Right. You need to say, "Okay, you made a mistake. That's cool. Here's how." Because otherwise, you have a kid who grows up terrified of the idea of making a mistake, right. or ever being wrong, and then having to tap dance their way around it. Right. And. It was a really beautiful thing. And then he goes to school the next day like, shit, yeah, I'm going to be first. I'm going to, I kicked it. I kicked ass. I'm awesome. And then that cocksucker of a teacher just, bam, knocks his legs out from under him. And to top it off, yeah, I don't want to see you back in school this term. You're out until after Christmas. Wow. Oh, okay. And then the kid's like, I can't go home. And he doesn't have a connection with his parents. Yeah. An open relationship with his parents where he can go and say, look, this is what happened. It's mm-hmm. what they can't do it. Yeah. And now, Grant, he ends up hooking up with these kids who... I remember moving to Panama and meeting meeting some kids there who were rougher in life in general than I was. My, You know, I had friends who... Yeah, oh, we're going to go down to the shop at and buy some gum. Hold on, I'm going to go steal money from my mom's purse. Right. And like literally knew how to sneak into his mother's room while she was asleep and take money out of her purse. And then go down and like, oh, carry people's bags to their cars at the shop at. And, you know, as a way of uh, basically panhandling. Right. And doing that all, doing that for a while and thinking, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. And then later realizing, holy shit, these are, I'm just learning this, this hustling shit from these kind of scumbag kids right and uh that's all and and i realized had i not had an awesome family at home to take care of me right that's how that happened real quick yeah you don't have anyone at home and then you meet the kid who doesn't have anyone at home who learned from some asshole who learned from another asshole. survival skills kick in yeah we're gonna go out we're gonna steal this we're gonna take that we're gonna have a great time we're not gonna go to school right could you imagine being his age and just not going to school in paris yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm saying as you as Charlie Campbell just not going to school one day at uh, that age. At that age, no, not at all. At junior and senior year of high school, absolutely. Oh, God, yeah. Well, by that point, it was fucking, it was fucking over. Yeah, game What are you on. doing today? Going to Mexico? Mm-hmm. Woo! They're going to Mexico and drinking. Yeah. 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 Going to do some drugs in Mexico. Going to drive back across the bridge <laughs> drunk and high yeah. from Mexico. Because Mexico is right there. Because it's right. I don't mean right there. Yeah. I mean I can piss in it. Yeah. From my fucking window. Mm-hmm. That's how close yeah. it was. Yes. And that's how dumb it was. Uh-huh. I could have died 3,000 times. Yeah. Uh-huh. All manner of things could have happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. And what sucks with Antoine was the only time any level of care was given to him, like any discipline was, yeah, you're going to fucking jail. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, yeah he, yeah, he fucked up, stole a typewriter. Right. Couldn't sell it, tried to take it back. And of course, the security guard, another prick authoritarian, I'll show them I know how to do my job, blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. You caught the Someone's kid. stealing something and bringing it back. Yeah, you caught him bringing it back. I'm That's, just going to move on. So you go, dude, okay, you can, I know, he, okay, just go on, get out of here. But no, that, then, and that moment of him in the back of the car is there, you know, he's in that cell. With some ladies of the night, yeah, just like fuck, and then in the truck, in in the in the, the the van leaving, and tears rolling down his eyes as he's looking out at Paris, like fuck, because he's a child. Yeah, he's a child who's now been told he is a criminal. Right, is going away. Yeah, and let's talk a, a bit about how this thing is shot. Uh huh. 
Um, um, would the word beautifully come to mind there? <laughs> again, it's yeah. one of those things where you forget you're watching a movie. Yeah. I know that's... It's a cliché to shit thing to say. But it is. But it's a cliché for a reason. Of, uh, you know, driving through the streets of Paris. Driving through the streets of Paris, there's more to Paris. Yeah. Shot. Mm-hmm. Because it's just the Eiffel Tower is a structure behind other structures. Behind yeah. Buildings, homes, uh-huh. businesses, schools, mm-hmm. and but they children's were, lives. They were keeping that there to keep you anchored in it. Right. Then you never saw it again. And it's striking how, you know, even just those the, the, the street out in front of where Antoine lives, which yeah. is in the middle of goddamn town. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a yard. He doesn't have anywhere to play. Is It's it's beautiful. Right. It's just beautiful. But you realize that's fuck. That's that's it. That's he it. Is in this the middle city. of this urban. Ep- the first time he gets to run through the fields is when he's breaking out of jail. Yeah, yeah. And or think labor about, camp, whatever. Well, and as we talked before with that, it's like the, there is tiny apartments in America. There's tiny apartments in American cities. Yes. Then there's tiny European apartments. <laughs> And this was a tiny family-sized European apartment. Yeah, which this is, is like a, the one-man band in apartment style. Yes, you know, uh-huh. it's really, really. He didn't have his own room. He no. has a corner. Yeah, a corner of the of the of the entry right next to the kitchen. Yeah, with a sleeping bag. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's you know honestly that whole apartment probably the kitchen dining room combo is about the size of the room we're sitting in right now. Yeah, uh, just so small and just fuck and. Yet Truffaut, who a word about Truffaut here, he was before this, he was a film critic for a Cage du Cinema, which is notebooks on cinema. He was he was a critic. He was known for being very direct and honest. He was hardcore. He was feared. He was banned from the Cannes Film Festival. Wow. So when he releases this and sends it to Cannes, basically everyone's like, All right, motherfucker. All right, motherfucker, let's see this. And then they see it and they're like, you know, you know what it reminds me of is Kinky Wizard from uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's from High Fidelity. Uh, High Fidelity. It's really fucking good. Yeah, just that look on Jack Black. It's uh, it's because Jack Black the first one to break. It's really fucking good. You just right. him, him, like God damn it. The last thing I want to say right. is the only honest thing I can say. It's really fucking good because it is. Yeah, and this is one that kicked off a movement basically. Yeah, I mean the way I've French always, in in a lot of ways that I've likened French New Wave is, it's in, in a lot of regards, it's like the Italian neorealist where it's a very real kind of on the street, mm. but unlike that, this is a much more personal type of story. And it's it it's not telling a grand story. This must have been like. The first punk rock song that someone ever right, uh huh. Considering how films were made, yes, what all you know, what went into them, and how it presented the uh-huh. pageantry and the blah right, blah blah. Right, right. And this was just this was they, Henry Rollins seeing the Ramones for the first time. Right, it was Here a it bunch of retarded guys with guitars. It was amazing, and it's just but but it's what's behind so it is well. so good. It's done yeah, so well. The that, story is so personal, and it's so affecting and right. so touching. And it's one where if you're watching it honestly, you get such a oh, this fucking kid, right? Because either you didn't have that experience, no, or no. you had a a sliver of that experience or, mm-hmm. or splinter of that experience, mm-hmm. something to latch latch onto, right? And it's not um, even it's it's emotionally complicated. Where if this were made in America in 2015, yeah, he would have a terrible relationship with his father, relationship yeah. with his father right off the bat, yeah, yeah, but he doesn't, no. 
He doesn't nope. really have a terrible relationship with his teacher necessarily right. until shit happens. Well, if this... then, but the but everyone is all the adults in this thing are for the most part just bastards. Yeah. And if you think of it in terms of this is not being told and, and this is why I think it's one of the most honest films ever. This is not a child's life told from a perspective of an adult interpreting a child's life. Right. This is him saying, okay, what was it actually fucking like? What did I feel like? Not, right. I'm right. a wise adult who's looking back and saying, well, in actuality, that teacher was... Not... No, this no, is no. a kid, felt, an adult going, it. this is it, and I'm going to present it as that reality. Right. I'm not going to be an adult saying, well, yeah, they really had my best interest in heart with this and that. I'm going to be like, no, no and, I felt like I was fucking alone because no one gave a shit. And at no point is there an asterisk mm-hmm. to that to the characters of the teacher or mm-hmm. the cop or whatever that's like, well, if you had a shot of their lives, I'm fine. Okay, their, their uh, lives where uh, well, he, the teacher water. was a prick, yeah, uh, or the teacher had a terrible marriage or whatever. There's none of that to. Um, Give a quali- soft- give a qualifier to why that teacher's the way he is. Right, he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah, because you know it's the kid's perspective. And yeah. it's the honest one. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. so. you don't get that very often. Mm-mm. And then what's so tragic is when he talks to that kid about, "I've never seen the ocean. I want to see the ocean," and he, so he gets sent to the workhouse where he okay does all right, but that's one of those where the first day he's there. Yeah. He realizes the world he's in. He starts eating his lunch a minute too early. And the, t- the, the head guy calls him over, put your lunch down, left or right? Uh, left? Mm. Whap! Right. Slaps him across, like, oh my God, this is where I am now. And his parents delivered, them, yeah. delivered him to this thing. Uh-huh. I fucked up right. because I didn't know what else to do because I was never taught what else to do. Yeah. And this is what happened. And then he breaks out. Yeah. And runs and runs, runs to countryside, runs. And when he finally reaches the ocean, he gets down to the edge of it and then turns around, looks at the camera, and we freeze. And it's like, oh, wow. So all the ocean is, is another thing keeping me here. That's right. Yeah. And it's just such a fucking gut punch. Like, oh, Nowhere man. Where else to go? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Now, there is a short film that follows this. That uh, we might tack on before the, when, when we get to the next one, we might tack it on. Except it's a little bit longer, but it shows Antoine as like a young man with his first job and his first love. Oh, okay. And it's interesting because then it goes on to because I think we're intrigued enough with his character to watch sure. that, it, and so we'll tie that onto uh, several movies down the road. It's that the briefcase, yeah, the, yeah. the suitcase looking one up there. So we've got a while before we reach it, but. Um, it's weird looking at this compared to a lot of, you know, the young men in trouble type thing, you know, the right. troubled youth. Have you ever seen Lost Angels? It was shot in San Antonio no. that was set in, in L.A. And do you remember that old dude who used to come to the theater camp, the old guy who did a bunch of movies and he had smaller parts and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Lost Angels because Norm, you remember Norm, was like, he's like, you know, I was in this and he goes, Ad-Rock, Adam Horowitz from the Beastie Boys is the lead in it. And he's a wealthier kid who's there doing the gang life because it's fun and cool. Right, right. And, but he ends up in jail. And he ends up in a jail. And that old dude is like the janitor going through. And he just looks at the kid. He's like, boom, you see it? That's all you are. He's cleaning out the garbage. He's like, you're trash. You're just like, you're trash. And Norm remembered him from that. 
And it's interesting because with that, it was a kid who has, it's sort of like the uh, movie Better Off Tomorrow. The kids who have everything but are so fucking bored that they put themselves in this position of trouble just because it's something to do. My God. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And there is other shit to do. I I don't remember Less Than Zero because it came out when I was so young and I never really sought it out. But yeah, it was it definitely that. that. And that's one that kills because I'm it makes me glad that Downey Jr.'s gotten better. Yeah. Because that's one of those that I used to joke, like, dude, you made movies where you were (laughs) you were the cautionary tale and then you just followed that route. Yeah. But he got his shit together and now is Fuck. Well, yeah, now he's the, got the highest su- paid actor yeah. in the world. Got the success that that fucking guy deserves because he's that nice a goddamn guy. He is a nice person. Um, but I don't know much about Less Than Zero other than evidently James Spader starts pimping Downey Jr. out to pay for cocaine. Look, James Spader, what do you need to take away from this? Is James Spader is awesome. Yeah. Is He's the greatest uh, 80s bad guy. Oh, yeah. Um, without being a real bad guy. Right. It's one of those guys that you, uh, much like, what's his name? Glenn from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh-huh. Is it Glenn? Which one's Glenn? You see the... The, oh. the, the uh, fraternity guy. Mm-hmm. Whose girlfriend gets raped. Yes, whose girlfriend gets raped. Right. Yes. Uh, it's like that, or mm. or Porky. You uh, uh, from Porky? Yeah. When you're a kid, you're like, yeah, fuck them, and you get mm. older, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Huh. So this guy who's Spader, right. how Just much like money? Cannon yeah. from The Great Gatsby. You've been right the whole time. You know, yeah. sans that whole violence to right. thing. Yeah, yeah. All I remember yeah. with Spader is like, wow, so this guy owes him how much money? A lot. And Spader fronted him how much money? A lot. Yeah. It goes back to, I don't know if you watched the show The Blacklist. Quite, yeah. quite good. I'm sure. But uh, it goes back to, I don't think Spader knows that he's in a movie. Uh, it knows yeah. he's in a show because my theory is whatever you're doing at any moment, no matter how cool it is, James Spader's doing something cooler. And much like his character in The Blacklist, you t- if you were to talk to James Spader, if your buddies in like, yeah, this weekend I'm going to go to uh, uh, this small town on the outskirts of Nashville, it's called whatever... There is a cafe there that does the most amazing deviled eggs. Please tell Sherry that Jimbo says hi. (laughs) No matter where you go, like, yeah, I'm going to be in this weird village in the Swiss Alps called Kishkirfgitbab. Like, uh, actually, if you're lucky enough, there's the most darling vineyard. Right. Just on the outside, they do free tours. Please tell Gustav. Yeah. (laughs) You think it's just, you know, small town folky charm. Uh Uh-huh. It's actually mesmerizing. Yeah, it's mesmerizing. If you go into it My with business an, is pleasure, George. If you go into it with an open mind, <laughs> it will transform your view in the world. Ah, oh, good. I it, love James Spader. That is how I view Spader. No matter what it is, no matter where you go, you're single. Like, yeah, you know, my girlfriend. I know the most darling woman yes. who works at this psychiatric she or who works <laughs> yes. at this record store. She would adore you. I'll tell you what. Next week we'll go to my restaurant and play. Right. That is my interpretation of James Spader's life. Is whatever he's doing is awesome. Yeah, at any given it's pretty time. awesome. He is the most interesting man in the world. And he was right. And pretty in pink and mm-hmm. sixteen candles. He's right. Yeah. Pretty in pink or sixteen candles. I always get him confused. I think he's in pretty in pink. There you go. Well, he's right. Yeah. <coughs> and um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> and the soundtrack for Less Than Zero kicks fucking ass. Yeah. And it's got it, isn't it Bananarama doing a cover of the uh, Simon and Garfunkel Hazy Shade of Winter? I so yeah, 
Bananarama. And Slayer doing Inagata DeVita. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's one of those weird. that I never really watched, but I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm a, I'm a zombie. <laughs> it's good. It ain't, uh, it ain't no kids. Speaking of troubled youths. Yeah, that was one that I never saw just because I know, I know of Larry Clark through his photography from my sister. Because mm. Larry Clark was this guy who, uh, he has a photography book that's very difficult to find called Tulsa. Right. And he uh, grew up as a photographer and started doing drugs at, at you know while growing up because right. fucking nothing else to do. But was automatic enough that he was actually able to get good pictures throughout the heroin right. shooting up. And there was, I believe the book got pulled because there were, there was a sequence of, of two photographs of a pregnant girl shooting up and then a baby in a casket. Yikes. Yeah. And I think her parents were able to, with rights over the baby, get the book pulled. Right, but my right. sister ended up getting a copy of it because she studied him some. All I remember seeing about kids was it was one that's like, holy shit, that is not the world I grew up in. And I do not question that this world exists and that there are kids living in this right now. But fuck, the idea of this movie terrifies me. It's terrifying. Yeah. Because it's a guy who, uh, his version of safe, safe sex is to only sleep with virgins. And one of the women he was with got tested HIV positive and is trying to find him before he spreads it more. It's just, it's just terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Because that is the kids with no anchor and no supervision. No, it, it's very much the um, kids are going to be... <clears throat> A certain kind of child is right. just going to run off and do whatever. Right. But in the city, you have the uh, the chance of more of those kids getting together. Yes. Uh huh. It's okay to be the outsider in a small town uh-huh. like mine. Yeah. Uh, or even perceived outsider because I was not an outsider. Oh no! At no. all? At fucking all? No. But I wanted not. to be so so bad. Oh yeah, you so much so I brought it into existence and I actually went to another town and did yeah become that person. But it's okay to run around and do that in a small town. What right. the fuck? Yeah. In, you are in uh, Elysium, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. What was the population of Refugio? At that time, 4,000. 4,000. So it's... It's not New York. Yeah. It's not L.A. It's, it's not about Detroit. the size of Chicago. Leander. Yeah. It's, there's yeah. only so much you can do. Right. Eagle Pass, more so because of the... the Demography. And the... Well, not just that, but yeah. the, the, the proximity to... Honest to God danger. Yeah. Real fucking right. danger. Not just, hey, I'm going to drive too fast in a cornfield because right. I had a Budweiser. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. no it was You're un- going to run headlong into a cartel that'll turn your head into a canoe. Yeah. Because you happen to, you know, just be drinking around the territory. That's, uh-huh. not, a, that's not hyperbole. No, no. We just said no. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. And thank God you made it out of <laughs> oh that. Oh, my God. Yes. Whatever. Um, I mean, it, but even then, I could go back to a safe, secure environment. I uh-huh. wouldn't go into some shithole right. with parents who weren't supportive or whatever. I was living uh-huh. in a goddamn island. I was yeah. like an astronaut. I'd come out of my spaceship and roll mm-hmm. around in the dark and then come right. back to my safe little cocoon. Well, it's like I lived in those... Wrapped outs- in my privilege, my yeah. dangerous white privilege. <laughs> I lived in the fucking suburbs as fuck of San Antonio. I mean, Leon right. Valley, Jesus Christ. Do you want to talk Those about this? for sure. Oh, back then, hell yeah. And I mean, yeah, I hung out with a, a dude who went to uh, uh, Roosevelt. Right. But which was a little sketchier, but by no means bad. I mean, no, no. Granted, the dude I hung out with did live in a trailer park for a while when we started hanging out. But even then, and I literally, for all the time we spent at his house, literally never saw his parents. Right. He was free and clear, doing whatever he wanted. Um, but yeah, that, 
And even with that, like I knew I was going back to a fuck. You were on an island. I was in a goddamn bubble. Like right. I was on on an island in a bubble of just everything's fine here. That's cool. Actually, my my middle school Neff. I mean, you you know where Neff is. Yes. And even at that time, it was starting to get there. Right. It was like my. Eighth grade year, 1989 to 90, there was a seventh grader who was pregnant. Wow. To give you an idea of the encroaching realness of the world around it, uh, which now that I think on it, that kid is like 25. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just what the fuck? Yeah. But I, I didn't have that. I knew I had say, but I, I knew folks who didn't have that 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 backing right and it's it's odd to see you know when you you know look at the shit from less than zero and things like that where you even yeah. I, even i knew kids who you know all the, the folks are like oh yeah we're gonna see guns we went and saw guns and roses and metallica in houston and oh, we were on acid the whole time and we somehow got a hotel room that yeah we stole all the shit from this and that and trashed this and got kicked mm-hmm. out of the hotel like i would not imagine i would not Imagine doing that. Yeah, I mean, you saw my version of being a cool teenager when we went to that coffee house in downtown San Antonio. Right, that was my version of being a rebellious, cool teenager. Right. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. 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 But yeah, you see this. What other things do you have on uh, your on your list as, it's, as guiding so points? Troubled youth, so uh. much as um, what troubled youth will do to. What if uh, uh, Antoine had run into a kid who said, let's have to skip school. Let's go skip school and, I don't know, beat the shit out of this Muslim kid. This is England. This Here's what gets me about this is England. It starts out so great. Woody yeah. was such an awesome guy. Because yeah. he was like, because there, there are different measures of skinhead. There's oh, certainly yes, there are vastly different measures, and some of those skinhead kids. If your kids hanging out with the right kind of skinheads, then your kids hanging out with the kids who are like, no, you're not going to drink, you're not going to smoke, you're going to be respectful to your parents, you're going to do your shit, and we just happen to listen to this music and like this style. Yeah, and that's with the, the different shades of the the ombre of skinhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Woody met his mom after they gave him that hair, the either got him the clothes or gave him the haircut, and the mom freaked out. The way Woody charmed the shit out of her mm-hmm. because it wasn't him trying to get over; it was a genuine. Ma'am, we overstepped. We apologize. Yeah. However, however, you got to know, your kid is awesome. We think he's great, and we want to make sure that he's doing all right. And like that, the way he he was so genuine with that, where it's like, no, we we love this kid, and right. we want to keep him tight and together and on shit. We're going to keep him right. on point. He has nobody. He's the surrogate family. Yeah. Support and, system. Yeah, and then that shit got ugly when. Fucking uh, uh, Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Tommy from Snatch. So shows the minerals. Up. <laughs> and how he start, he yeah. talked shit to the black guy in the group, but then turned that on everyone else that y- you let me do it. Right. And that kind of turned the kid against Woody. And uh, that movie was beautiful. That movie was phenomenal. It's good. Because it shows the danger of it where it's like, you know, when he first went to the British nationalist group, yeah, the stuff the guy was saying is th- are things that it's like, okay, yeah, that is a good and valid point mm-hmm. that you are making. 
But it's much like uh, when Edward Norton starts going off in American History X, which ties into this just as well. Yeah. When he's snapping and going off on shit, you, you find yourself sitting there nodding a little, yeah, yeah, wait, no, good Lord, no. Like you are taking a concept of, oh yeah, responsibility and togetherness and that, and then you're twisting it into this horrifying and disgusting you s- angle. You spin it off into a sample, to places you need not go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now it just it doesn't make much sense for, if you're going to claim as as Bowden has said in some of his speeches those who make an absolute claim need to have uh morality as the highest mm-hmm. you know mostly yeah. he led the fascist movement in Britain uh-huh. but people respected him because they viewed him as his morality to be beyond. Now, uh-huh. of course, he slept around with his wife. Right. Blah, blah, blah. That apparently, if you study enough history, uh-huh. that doesn't matter at all. Oh, no, no. So I'll no. put that aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was looked at and respected as seen as above right. everyone else. Better uh-huh. than others. Uh-huh. So he could lead a group of people whose political alignment said absolute power comes from the state, absolute uh, uh, power from the state comes from the absolute leader, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, the hierarchy and the power goes from down right uh, right you know, that make that you can wrap your head around that uh-huh. if you're working class and trying to make your place your exactly yeah better, your neighborhood yeah. better whatever uh-huh. you can do that that same guy much like early early Mussolini had no racial uh-huh. connection right but later on things get twisted yes uh-huh and you throw that in there because fucking leader of the BMP uh, I'm not sure if they um, had it at the time but their actual leader of the BMP Later on in those years was a guy named Nick Griffin, uh-huh. and um, didn't even begin to encompass what a movement like that uh-huh. and that what they believe um, would need or even come close to. Mm-hmm. And again, it's it's slightly stupefied or not right. stupefied, dumbed down. Yeah, for this is England. Mm, well, part well, of that is because have, you have to make it easy. You don't want to make some complicated. Yeah. Well, they mean good, but this happened and blah yeah. blah blah. Well, it, I it, get it, I get why they did. That. It wasn't. I don't think it was dumbed down for this is England. I think it was knocked down to the level that we were dealing with it at. Yeah, you know yeah. where they didn't go ridiculous like that. Uh, White lies. The uh, <laughs> yes. the greatest movie ever made. Where oh. I wrote an angry angry blog post. And the next day, I was standing in a room with the head of the fucking Nazi Party of Canada, or whatever we're calling that. (laughs) That was fantastic. Right. But um, with This Is England, it was knocked down in a level that that little kid could understand. My dad died in the Falkland Islands. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to use that as an example. Oh, that's what we need to tie into with you? Done. Right. Right. It's Bill fucking Recia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's finding that little way. I'm not apologizing for you. Oh, yeah. I'm just explaining. Oh, no, 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 no. But that's where I'm seeing it. It's that that level where it's it, it takes, it strips away, it strips away all the shit that you norm, that you would, uh, as an adult, protest with. Right, yeah. I mean, you're young enough and, and uh, your mind malleable enough where mm-hmm. you can, you know, uh, some fucking, just like um, uh, Norton says in American History X, you fucking chicken hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. If you believed in any of the primal things that you uh, uh, attest to, uh-huh. you would 
just give them things to read, and when they reach the appropriate age, give them whatever. Uh-huh. But you've spun off into this biological horseshit, right? And you're just poisoning the well at uh-huh. every possible step. Yeah, fucking so. yeah. And that's the thing is the way that I always look at it as a teacher. Your job is to teach them how, not what. Right. How to think, not what to think. Right. Right. And yeah, with Keach was first off. I really wish they would have gone full Recio with him, but you, <laughs> he was so it would have been so perfect. unbelievable. Right. You know, and like, there's, he's not going to pray to Odin. No, no, no. He's not going to do this. He's not going to put on the stuff. They're not going to watch Triumph of the Will, and he's going to put on a Nazi helmet and strut around doing a Hitler. That's so unbelievable. Oh, oh, no, no. Mm. No, that's a that's a pretty scary scene. Yeah. Where it's just him one-on-one with... Um, um, Whatever his name is, Furlong. Uh huh. He's trying to make you feel guilty about writing about Adolf Hitler. Uh huh. And he's he's doing this calm, nurturing, yeah, father thing because father's gone. Yep. It's just it's just real, uh-huh. fucking gross. Yeah, yeah. And that this is England captured that on a certain level because you know he's already in with this group. Then this guy who is the father of that group that everyone looks at like, oh, this this is the guy, right? Of course he's going to take over when everyone else is gone. Like, fuck. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's that loss of, of of real guidance. Yeah. And seeing how horrible it can get. It's pretty fucking horrible. Pretty fucking terrible, yeah. yeah it's bad. Ugh. Bad news. Mm-hmm. God, it's a version of, like, I knew a guy back in college who every couple months would have an entirely new identity. And by that I mean, like, when I first met him, cowboy hat, fucking ropers, all that didn't see him for a couple months. Next time I saw him, it was like straight up FUBU head to goddamn toe. Like, Whoa, I don't get Jesus. I, I Break your fucking neck. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That transition, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something less politically charged, right. but troubled youths all the same would be The Outsiders. Yeah, yeah. And The Outsiders, I haven't seen it in forever. Um, do we ever meet parents in that? No. No, no you don't. don't. All yeah. you have is... All you have is um, Swayze's character, I can't remember his name. Um, I always get him confused with Matt Dillon. As Dally is Matt Dillon. Uh huh. Swayze is. Hang on, let me look this up. Whatever. Not Soda Pop or Pony. uh, No, Pony Boy's a little brother. Swayze's the older brother. Uh huh. Whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, There's Pony Boy, Dallas, Johnny, Daryl. Is Daryl Swayze? I don't know. Yeah, Daryl is Swayze, okay. yeah. Soda Pop, 2-Bit. Yeah, Soda Pop S- is uh, Emilio Estevez <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no uh, Soda Pop is Rob Lowe, 2-Bit oh, is right. Emilio Estevez. That's right, that's right. Tom Cruise plays Steve. Steve. <laughs> you know? Steve. Steve. Uh, S. Steve. Yeah, that movie... But there's no parents. There's no parents, yeah, on either side. The only where, only one coming close to it is Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah, because it's I mean, fucking Swayze. What a parent. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Um, but still ends in a fucking rumble. Yeah. With zip guns. Zip guns. God. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's shit like that that gets thrown, it's always, oh, you're an adult trying to get, get down verbally. <laughs> yes, the children enjoy <laughs> when I get down verbally. Yeah. Like, oh, 
Dear dear Lord, no. Because like, I remember listening to uh, an episode of Prairie Home Companion. Oh, dear. Oh, uh, dear God. For about five minutes, and it was some guy. I, I envy your brain. Yeah. So many road trips oh, yeah. in the back of that Suburban, uh, riding along in my giant SUV full yeah. of white privilege, my pe- dad drinking a scotch. Driving. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. And, uh, oh, the Prairie Home Companion's on Charles. I'm like, oh, shit. And I, I don't care how many people tell me otherwise. good looking, and all the women are above average. Yeah. It's not as good as people say it is, but I just remember them. Some kids uh, like, "Oh, my nephew's in a band called the Rockin' Raccoons," and I was immediately oh, like, god, "I'm already fucking bored." Oh god, that was that eep orp oop ah oh. ah like that. <laughs> did, <laughs> did I just Flintstone spike your brain there? <laughs> uh, sponsored by Powdermint Biscuits. Heavens are tasty. <laughs> I'm telling you. I have heard a lot of goddamn Prairie Home Companion. Oh. My dad made me read Lake Wobegon Days. Wow. This is what happens. Yeah, this. This. But, but anytime there's that attempt of, oh, no, we're doing, they're doing drugs powder or whatever, you know, <laughs> yes. hip shit they can throw out. Like, yeah. no, that's, can't, no. Well, can't stick. Yeah, yeah. Can't stick. Can't you just say cigarette? Yeah. The, uh, that's not how kids talk. It's never, never been, never will. Um, Don't for Johnny. <laughs> That whole, actually, hold on a moment. If we're we're talking about the outsiders, which let's be honest, is very powerful. Evidently, uh, it's a Coppola movie. Yes, and evidently, Coppola did an entire uh, um, a, a cut that is the uh, what's it called the, the full book. Yeah, which pfft, I am I I am a little bit interested in. But let's be fair. Can we talk about Diane Lane? Go. Kid, man. Oh, yes. Go when you're a kid. Oh. Yes. Oh, 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 no, that's just the intro for it. And because you mentioned it, because you mentioned the outsiders, we <laughs> really, we really, really have to explore. <laughs> August 16th, 1963. Good day, Mr. Kubrick. <laughs> Kubrick. My name is Brian Ateen. I am a 20-year-old from the theater center of the Juilliard School, perhaps the finest acting institution in the world. Uh. I say that not as a statement of conceit, but humbly as a simple fact. You will view many different faces, see many people, some faces more attractive than mine, others not quite as attractive. Good day, Mr. Kubrick. You will find in me the finest actor in the lot, the most beautifully (laughs) trained, the most capable, I like to think of myself as a young Alec Guinness. Since I'm paying a great deal to say whatever I like to... I'm going to hit a pause real quick. What sells this, you can... For those who've never seen the video for this, (laughs) the actoriness in his voice is nothing compared to the actoriness in his demeanor. Now, I will say, this cat might be a decent stage actor. Because oh, everything I'm seeing, this is a good stage actor. Yeah, but he, overpronunciation. Yeah, here's oh, the my. thing on film, it don't really. I'm sorry, on film, it doesn't really communicate. No, no, no. Okay. The training you're given, no. No, no. Stanley Kubrick, one of the <laughs> greatest directors of all time, not. although not quite as good as Michael Curtiz, the director of The Seahawk. Stanley, why aren't you directing 2010. Ten. Millions upon millions of science fiction fans are crying no. out in agony because mm. you're not directing 2010. My favorite composer is Eric Wolfgang Korngold. <laughs> when I was 12 years old, I won a spaniel puppy for 50 cents 
and my favorite color is green. You also, won for I'm a Trekkie. Yeah. And now in a moment, I will perform for you a cutting loosely based upon Essie Hidden's The Outsiders. Oh, his acting is so brilliant. Just because he looks, he's doing this smell the fart acting. It looks like somebody just beefed a chili fart right in his face at the beginning of it. Because he's got this like, I ain't going to walk again. <laughs> Not even on crutches. The doctor says I broke my back. <clears throat> you want to know something? You want to know something? <clears throat> I scared. <laughs> I scared. It ain't enough. Twenty years ain't enough. I ain't gonna cry. I ain't gonna cry, man. Greasers do not cry. God. I, I wouldn't mind it so much. But there ain't so many things I ain't done. <laughs> so many places I ain't been. It ain't enough, man. It ain't enough. <laughs> 20 years on the street. Street. You see a lot. But not the sights you want to see. 20 years on the street and you learn a lot, but not the stuff you want to learn, man. All the wrong stuff. <laughs> stuff. I ain't gonna walk again. <laughs> I'll tell you something, pony boy. I miss you. I could never quite decide if your eyes were just a shade bluer or greener. You know something, Pony? You know something? I would have never noticed clouds and, and colors and the sky before if it hadn't have been for you reminding me about them. Goddamn. Seems like they was never there before. Oh. You're gold when you're a kid, man. <laughs> you're gold when you're a kid. Oh, Duh. that is so fucking beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm going to... That is a... I would like to do... That is as much as a screaming indictment of the Juilliard School as it is a glowing endorsement yeah. of Ralph Macchio's performance. Now, I would like to very quickly... We're going to do a theater game here. Right. Okay. Now, I'm going to put you in a... I'm going to set the scene for you. You are, are you. And you have just witnessed, I'm not going to say me because, good Lord, no, it wouldn't be me. A friend in college, when you were a theater major, has just done this exact performance in the Black Box Theater at Texas State. He's just finished that performance at a whatever, you know, and he walks up to you and says, okay, so man, really, what did you think? And scene. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you man really knock it off <laughs> take it down a pegger mm -hmm. jesus 
what is your problem? <laughs> is this a rib? Yeah. Because if it is, man, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> no, no, that was a serious. That was a right, well, serious performance. You are fucked now because <laughs> you are not getting anything even close to this. <laughs> you had to make a little fetish doll out of Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> And you you're fucking one in your dorm room, and, and you are fucked. You are fucked. This is this is terrible. Oh man, this is terrible. This idea of yours. How many times have you seen a performance like that? And you afterwards, you have to be like, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of shivers performances. Lots and lots and lots of a lot of a lot of Doctor Shivers. This oh my god, yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, that was a good time. That was a good Even time. when I, you know, would finally have enough to be completely honest. And I yeah. was like grabbing by his shoulders. Uh huh. Trust me, my hands would kind of fold over themselves. Yeah. Just like picking oh, yeah. up this notebook. Mm -hmm. Imagine a man's shoulders. A man's shoulders, and the width of a legal pad. And then, you know, yeah. Your hands are laced behind his neck. Yeah. <laughs> You're not good at this. <laughs> You're not uh, good at this. I'm not saying you're not good at anything. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not. Your I'm acting not. is bad and you should feel bad. Your writing has some originality and promise. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this you're not good at. Yeah. And yes. you can't sing. Knock it off. Uh, Hitting a pitch uh -huh. does not a great singer make. Right. It takes something called soul. <laughs> you don't have that soul. Uh. Knock it off. Fuck! Anyway. Speaking of singing, now do we have anything? <laughs> now, <Not really>. <clears throat> first off, I think a great conversation on this. Now, sure. th before we have a phone call, yes, we do. Speaking of singing, now should I read the interpretation first? Yes. Okay, I'm going to read the we'll interpretation. This this We're going to read the interpretation first, <laughs> and I'm I'm going to fill in the f dash dash. I fuck my home was Mike Hassel. Which no one's cool tonight, and me. No pigs, no Ryan's bitch, no hassles. You call through to I send me. Doctor and Kiss be inside, not cool. Eli Screen, not controlling his bitch line. Yo, rude to send me. You know who, too high. <clears throat> Are we ready? Yeah. I thought that my home was my <laughs> castle. <laughs> With no one scrutinizing me. No pigs, no lion bitch, no hassle. All are brutalizing me. Can't a man not drink his beer in silence? Can't a man not crudely lie and scream? Can't a man not control his bitch with violence? You're a brutalizing me. You're a brutalizing Oh God! That that would, that would be my talented <laughs> nephew, Michael Johnston. 
<laughs> oh, that was unbelievable. Absolutely fantastic. I heard it and I was like, is that a fucking Mandy Patinkin? <laughs> it's Mandy Patinkin. It's Mandy Patinkin. You fucking call me with the shit, man. <laughs> Nails it. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And what was funny was I pulled up the transcript and I said, I thought that Mike. Oh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I knew immediately what it was. Uh, oh, man. So good. That really is classic. That really is classic. <laughs> Best call we've had. It really is. Except yeah. for those beauty school. Calls. Oh, the beauty school and Other the movers. That, yeah, Michael. Michael. All that training and God-given talent is almost as good as those uh, beauticians calling yeah. us by mistake. Yeah, repeatedly. So good job calling us. Um, so next week, we are looking at the classic hard boiled. Ooh, next week's going to be good. Criterion spine number nine, and uh, I think. Oh, motherfucker, don't you... There we go. <laughs> All right. I think we are now good for this week. I, good job. Good job in general. These Criterion shows, I think, are proving to be some of the best that we've done just because they've got enough focus, but still allowing us to kind of riff. Right. So, uh, well, uh, until then, check us out at www.thefilmthugs.com where you can click on our Amazon link. You can buy shit. Won't cost you an extra cent, and we will get a little kickback. T Fury, I don't know what's happening with that, but no one no used it, so who cares? Um, <laughs> what fucking difference does it make? We need to get some underwear and razors on here, because apparently that's what fucking underwear and razors <laughs> and Patreon. I think we need to look at the Patreon. Patreon, oh yeah, Patreon. We got to do that, Patreon. Yeah, uh, so we'll get that set up. But uh, anyway, uh, we are also on Facebook at the Film Thugs. We are on Twitter at the Film Thugs. Yes. You can call us at five one two six 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 Rant yeah. to leave us a message, just like you heard there. Uh, you don't have to sing, though, unless you want to. Please do. No, uh, you have to sing. Yeah, you have to sing. That's now become required. Um, what else? What else? Uh, Vine. R- All that, uh, uh, rate and review us on uh, iTunes. iTunes. Uh, at gmail.com. I'm probably going to launch some Life Masters soon, and yep. I have to put out that fucking uh, that, that, uh, whiplash thing at some point. We've oh, got yeah. a lot of stuff. I'll put that in the middle of the week, because why cool. the fuck not? Uh, but next week, hard fucking boiled by John Woo. Uh, thanks for listening. And run, Elizabeth, run. I don't feel no ways <laughs> tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Sexturbation.